Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we've got a brand new post-Senior Bowl mock draft for you guys. We're going through the entire first round, and there's a handful of Senior Bowl players that have moved themselves up the board and into the first round conversation. We're going to see where they mix in with some players that we already predicted to go into the first round with some trade elements and some upstep. Just some really good conversations, I think, throughout this mock draft. It was a good time. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you for a post-Senior Bowl mock draft. Oh, it's SEO's favorite few words of the NFL draft calendar. Man, this could be a lot of fun. Uh, look, guys, full transparency. Uh, we, uh, we did not have a second Senior Bowl show. Travel for your boy specifically ended up being a nightmare. So please do not flood Connor's DMs with why there wasn't an episode. Put it on me. I'll take it. Travel was not my friend uh, at the end of the weekend, and so we had to postpone it a little bit here. But we will get some of our Senior Bowl thoughts here in mock draft format. But Connor, I didn't want you to have to take the extra blame. What a guy. It's going on me. But how are you doing today? What a guy. I'm good because getting home worked out. Going there was tough. If we missed any shows going there, I would have put it on me. I got stuck in Atlanta for 13 hours. Um, getting home, it was a little bit of a, a, a nail biter. My connecting flight, my flight out of Mobile left late, and my connecting flight was looking okay. Mm-hmm. And then you forget how long those Mobile planes are small. So you have to check your bag in at like the front front, mm-hmm. and then they unload it first. Right. But it took a little while to unload because it was pouring rain. So everything went slower. And I had to go, and if you've ever been in Atlanta airport, it's massive, massive, Ooh, massive. kind of tough. I had to go one side all the way to the other. Dude, I made my connection boarding with maybe three to four minutes left. So I made it. I made it home late Thursday, late, late Thursday. But I know you had some problems Friday. So the good news is you and I uh, are comfortable now until Indy. And Indy's... And it's a little bit more of a very structured in and out. At yeah, least. straightforward. You can actually get a direct flight in Indy. Yeah, there's like 80 flights a day out of Newark to Indy. So <laughs> right. I think we're through the crazy schedule. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Um, and we have a fun week ahead for you because we're back into position rankings. We are in the mock draft mold today. Another mock draft Monday. I, I mean, after the Senior Bowl is really just like full jetpack fuel yep. into the draft season. Yeah, no, I'm excited to get this mock going. Uh, we can kick it off right now. Connor, on the PFF mock that I did a couple of days ago, I picked for the evens. So if you don't mind, I, I, you know, I try to be I try to be a good host. I try to give you number one all the time, but I don't want you, it. OK, you just want it. All right. I don't want to pick are... for the Jets today. I don't want to pick for the Jets today. Oh. I don't want the number one pick. Um, I'm, I'm looking at these even teams with envy. It's time for me to pick for the evens. I'm not going to pick Paris Johnson yeah. Jr. for the Jets. I like I'm, it. I'm not going to do it. I like I was doing radio. I might do it. And but I'm not going to do it. They asked me. They're like, it was Rick Campbell on Sirius. He's awesome. He's super into the draft. And he's like, I, what do you think of Skaronsky? I have Skaronsky to the Jets. And I was like, Rick, if Skaronsky gets there at 13, that's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. So let's say we're going to spice it up today. I know you're going to spice it up today. For the Jets, and I'll do that for some of the evens as well to make this a little different than all the chalk mocks that you've seen that we've evaluated. It'll be it'll be a good time. Obviously, as you guys could probably tell from a lot of the Senior Bowl recaps that both Connor and I have been doing, and your favorite draft analyst, whoever it is, they were down in Mobile, Alabama. It's us. 
you know, Mania. of course, of course, of course. Um, not many of the other ones are, you know, six four two forty. So uh, you got to, you got to shave an inch and a pound from uh, ten pounds from each of us. <laughs> so look, you know, you 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 kind of felt that the senior bowl group wasn't going to change too much in the top fifteen, top twenty. Yeah. Although maybe I might get one of those guys in the top twenty. We will see. If we don't, I'll at least tell you who I was thinking about potentially getting in the top twenty. But near the back end of the first round, I do think we're going to get a handful of senior bowl guys in there. So you'll you'll get our thoughts on some of those guys. Maybe we'll give you, like I was saying, almost a bonus senior bowl episode uh, here soon to kind of recap a lot of our thoughts. But um, let's kick it off here. I'm picking number one overall. And it's the Chicago Bears. You and I talked a little bit before the pod. And we were like, do we want to do trades in this one? Initially, we both said, no, let's not do trades. I feel like we've done a lot of trades for mocks. But it feels so disingenuous if we don't. It just it just does. I I cannot imagine, you know, with Albert Breer reporting that the Chicago Bears, they're good on Justin Fields. They're not going to be tempted by a quarterback. They're not going to take a Bryce Young, a CJ Stroud, a Will Levis, whoever it is at number one overall. To me, that tells me they've got to move. If you're not taking yeah. a quarterback in a class that has not just one, but multiple that are coveted here and a lot of teams that really need a quarterback – it's hard for me to imagine Ryan Poles is going to sit at one. So I'm looking at two. I know we talk about potentially the Indianapolis Colts at number four, potentially the Las Vegas Raiders at seven, potentially the Carolina Panthers at number nine. But in my head, I immediately eliminate seven and nine. Sorry, Raiders and Panthers fans, because I think the bears still want one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And if you get past four, it's just not going to happen. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not going to happen. So what about you're picking for the evens? What do you think about a trade for number two? What do you think a little swap here? It won't take you too much. Maybe a couple early day two picks. You know, you don't have to get Houston's number 12 overall. Um, I know they're sitting there with another first round pick, but a couple of early picks, maybe they are the early second round pick that they got in early second round or next year. Like, you know, I don't think you've got to give up too much. unless the bidding war goes crazy. What do you think about the Texans moving up to number one? You got control of that team, so what do you think? I, I think it makes a ton of sense, and I'm going to try to convince you of this, right? And this is not going to be easy because there's going to be a lot of teams calling Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I would love to keep pick 33 this mm-hmm. year because this is currently not a good football team. Shout out to the Texans for getting D'Amico Ryans because I said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, D'Amico Ryans, he should have better job situations than the Texans. He obviously had a little bit of nostalgia feelings there and comfort feelings there. And good for Texans fans for getting who I, was my favorite coach, head coach candidate in this coaching cycle. And now he's got to turn this thing around. It's it's go time. It's not lose a million games every year anymore. It's time to win games. You got to get talent now. I'd love to hold on to 33. So what about this, Trevor? How about 65? Mm-hmm. And may, maybe the 2024 second i think you're still gonna need in this thing because you got to realize that i think the colts are going to be calling i think there's a lot of teams calling i know people are going to think hey that's expensive but the texans got a lot of ammo this year it's a big price to pay but you get to breathe a sigh of relief that you get to take a quarterback with number one overall i'm not i'm gonna be honest with you if you're not giving me 33 and it's i Look, it's so funny because I feel like we try to avoid this every time we do a mock draft. We try we try to avoid the detail of trades because tr- trade details are so all over the place, and that's all anybody's going to talk about from this mock. But if we're having the conversation, baby, we're having the conversation. So if you're not going to give me 33, 
because it's early and you still want to hit, hit on this draft class. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a first next year. You got Ooh. two. You still have you have Cleveland yeah, you and then you have your own. But if you're not giving me if you're not giving me 33, if you're giving me 65, I need one of those first next year. No, we'll pivot then to 33 because okay. I still don't think this team is going to be picking at the back end around one next year. And then you have Cleveland, who's just this ultimate wild card team right now. I'd rather hold on to those ones. And then you still got 12. You still got 65 and 73. So you could still get back into round two. I'd rather trade 33 and just call it a day. Nothing else and keep the rest of my lotto tickets. All right, let's do it. Okay. All right. So 33. Uh, maybe maybe something two. in 2024 would be involved. Maybe some sort of a pick swap. Possibly. But that's probably where we're starting there. Okay. So a swap, of, a swap of two and one for pick 33, and we will force that trade. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, uh, we're not, we're not letting the computer uh, get in the no, way of destiny no, here. No, so no, no, no. number one, that means that you do, you do pick number one because you're the Texans. I won't take that yeah. away from you. Who are we going with at number one for Houston? So I'm going to take Bryce Young here. I'm going to take somebody that, listen, man. D'Amico Ryans, with that Alabama background, he's going to know everything there is to know about Bryce Young. I think there's going to be a good connection here. I think Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this draft. I think he's accurate. I think he's smart. He's got enough athleticism. I understand why people are going to argue for Will Levis and C.J. Stroud, and there's a fraction of you out there for Anthony Richardson. I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I think he's the best signal caller in this draft, and I think the Texans have adequate ammo and salary to set him up for success now. Uh, I mean, this is if you're moving up for somebody, in my opinion, it's got to be for Bryce Young. He's got to be head and shoulders above the rest of the group, which I think he is. It makes my choice at number two easy. You know, you're not going too far back because I said initially when this started, if you're the Bears and you want to move back, and I do think they want to move back, you want to do everything that you can to up that price from either the Texans or the Colts to stay within range of picking one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. So you're at number two, you get your pick. We've spoken on this podcast before about how a Matt Eberflus defense head coach uh, with the Chicago Bears, a, a dominant three technique player, three technique defensive tackle is paramount to that scheme's success. They did not have that dominant presence. Jalen Carter absolutely can be. And, um, you know, going back to the trade, I think that 33 is pivotal where it's going to be in a potential Houston Texans deal because Ryan Poles is going to be able to think about recouping that pick that he traded that ended up being a really early second round pick for Chase Claypool, right? So you miss out on that one. And I I know they probably still like Claypool, so it's not like it's a total wash, but not so sure he was worth that compensation that they traded at the deadline. But you recoup that back if you get 33 because it's that early second round pick. So I think they'd be happy with this as well. Uh, I'm going to pick Jalen Carter for the Chicago Bears. And then that puts me back on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that needs a lot, right? It's it, it's a new general manager in Monty Osenfort. Um, no head coach yet, right? I didn't see any news break or I didn't miss anything, right? Arizona Cardinals, no what head coach. What do you think coach. it's going to be? Who's left? Right, Sean Payton's gone. D'Amico Ryan's gone. Frank Reich's gone. They brought in Brian Callahan a couple times, right? They, they brought in a ton of people, didn't they? They they have brought in a. They've done a lot of interviews, man. Hold on, Arizona Cardinals head coach interview. Lou Anarumo is in that or tracker. Who replaces King Cliff Kingsbury? Okay, candidates receive a second interview. Uh, no, where's that? Come Quite on. a few. Second interview. This is great podcasting. Let me Mike Kafka, I want to say, Trevor, has gotten two interviews there. Kafka's maybe. gotten it. Okay. Brian Kafka's Flores, got- I want to say, maybe. 
Anarumo's gotten a second interview. Kafka's gotten a second interview. Um, ooh, Aaron Glenn reportedly getting a second interview. Okay. Okay. Sean Payton, obviously. Ah, I'm going to go with Lou Anarumo. Big Lou. Yeah, it's it's probably time One for the Big One of the best defense coordinators in the NFL over the last couple of years, man. It's probably time for Big Lou. All right, anyways. Um, so, defense. Let's pride just say, of Staten Island. Defense, all right, there you go. Defensive head coach, even if it's not. I think this is – we're honing in on Will Anderson here. I'm going to take Will Anderson at number three. The more I researched Monty Fort at their new general manager and just the way that he spoke about team building in the pre-draft or the uh, the post-hiring presser, of course, he's given a lot of cliches that a lot of new general managers do. You know, we want a tough football team. We want leaders. We want the right guys in the locker room, all of that. But the detail in which he talked about truly those right people in the locker room and looking back on how much Nick Saban praised Will Anderson, a, a permanent captain for this Crimson Tide team last season. What Nick has said about the young man, both on and off the field, it makes me feel like they are really honing in on it. If Anderson's on the board, I feel like he's going to be number one on the Arizona Cardinals board. So with him being available at three, they need a premium position, especially it checks a lot of boxes for him. So I'm going to go Anderson at three. Listen, man, it, it makes a ton of sense. I think really when all is said and done, if they were sitting here and Jalen Carter's gone, the only other guy that comes into conversation in my eyes is Witherspoon. And, and I'm saying conversation. I'm not saying, I think it's, Right. I think it's Anderson. I think there's a really good chance it'll be Anderson. I, I, it's just hard to even find a debate. Uh, we know, I'll say this, Tyree Wilson's a freak. There's going to be guys that really like him. But this is this is Will Anderson's spot to lose. Which brings me to four with the Colts. We've had the board go Bryce Young, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. This is a two-man show for me right here between Will Levis and C.J. Stroud. I'm fascinated to watch what the Colts do as they go through this evaluation process. But I'm just not going to pivot from something I've been saying since, what, October? Will Levis is a cult right now. <laughs> Will Levis is a cult in this mock draft. Will Great Levis bit. is a cult in your hearts. Um, I, listen, I just know Ballard is going to fall in love with the traits of Levis. And I think they're going to like Stroud a lot, too. I think there's going to be a big-time debate in that room, and I'm curious to see where it ends up. But for the sake of continuity and something I believe in, I'm going to go with Will Levis fourth overall. There's three players that I have on the board here for the Seattle Seahawks number five. And I'm going to let you know, I don't love any of them at five. <laughs> um, but this is just kind of the way that it is, right? This is more of a predictive mock. It's not as much of a what we would do, because once you get past January, I think the what we would do mocks, you know, they kind of lose their luster. They lose their yeah, appeal. The, those are over, brother. People want to know what their team is going to do. Yes. You go back to Pete Carroll's postseason presser, and he talked about that it kept him up at night, how bad they were on the defensive side of the football, right? Seattle, so long, known as the Legion of Boom, their defense, everything. That's what propelled them to the Super Bowl uh, for those couple of trips that they were able to make those deep postseason runs. And he talked about how they want so badly to get more dynamic up front. We've often mocked Brian Brzee here, but you and I have gone back to the tape and you're, you're not, you're just not taking Brian Brzee at number five. I don't think you're doing the same with Kalijah Kansi. He's just not, he's, he's not built like the kind of player that I think that you would take in the top five, the players that are built like the defensive lineman that you would take in five Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness. 
I think that there are things to like about all three of those guys. Tyree Wilson got the unique size. I mean, when he puts it all together, he is just fit for a lot of offensive tackles, interior and edge guys. But, you know, he's a fifth-year guy. It took him a while to put it all together. Is truly the best football ahead of him. How much better is he going to get? I'm not so sure. I didn't love the intensity that he played with at all times. Sometimes I felt like uh, he was a little less impactful than you would want from a top five guy. Miles Murphy, kind of the same thing. Freak athlete, six foot five, 275 pounds, a guy that I think the Seahawks would love along with Wilson just because of how athletic he is going to test at his weight, at his size. But the production really wasn't there for Miles Murphy over the last couple of years. And then Lucas Van Ness, on and off starter, really didn't have as much snaps as you would want. Interior player over the last couple of years, switched to the outside on the edge. Devastating bull rush, sure, but not a ton of pass rush profile outside of the strength of this bull rush right now. Who would the Seahawks take? I, I think they'd take Wilson. I mean, until I hear otherwise, I think the combine and learning maybe what Seattle people uh, have heard that they might be leaning. Maybe that will change my answer down the road but to this point just the massive unique build of Tyree Wilson and how well he might test athletically I feel like is right up Seattle's alley so uh, I will go Tyree Wilson I'm, I'm I'm a little hesitant about all of these guys as top five picks but look we say it all the time the class is the class you can't take players who aren't in this draft pool You've got to take the ones that are right there in front of you. And so maybe, yes, it is a little bit rich, but maybe it's not for this group. So I'll just go with Tyree Wilson at number five for the Seahawks. So what I would have done, it's it's right there that matches everything they like in a player, everything they're willing to risk in a player. I'm telling you right now, when you have the exercise in this draft class, you sit and have a conversation with somebody and you go, well, how does drafts typically go, especially in classes that aren't loaded? Traits go early. Traits go early for blue chip kind of picks or premium picks. Tyree Wilson is loaded up with traits. And my next guy for the Lions at six, in my opinion, has good traits, but he's actually a tape player. And I think he's going to test fine. He's not over six feet tall. He's not 190 pounds, but he's got a rare mentality. He fits a position in need. I think he has pretty special coverage skills and is a force of a tackler and that's devon witherspoon out of illinois there we go, go. cb1 baby it, i mean he's the best corner in this draft he's a really talented dude he has confidence he's going to come in with charisma to that defense and give them you know kind of this attitude on the back end i think they got a lot of attitude up front already but they need somebody on the back end that's going to talk that talk walk the walk I think Witherspoon is the perfect fit for the the mold of this Lions culture that they've built over there. And I know Lions fans are already a big fan of Witherspoon. It's really cool to see. They're all over the corners in this draft. Man, he just he makes so much sense for them at six. And when you really go through the rest of the options, I mean, sure, Gonzalez could be in this mix if you want to stay with corner. But when I really get down to it here, this is the one I just keep coming back to for them. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's... I, fantastic pick obviously you know that that i love devon witherspoon i know that you do as well it feels like this is where it starts for him i don't know if he's gonna go higher than like you said the arizona cardinals maybe he'd be on the board at number three but yeah conversation conversation but i don't think it's a long conversation i really don't Uh, but for a team that needs a corner um and the lions definitely do it's one of their biggest wins i i I think that that's uh that that's where they're gonna lean and i i would love for him to be right there Seven, 
Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, it gets kind of interesting, right? It does get kind of interesting. Devontae Adams recently quote tweeted a tweet that asked, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers going to move to in Las Vegas? Devontae Adams quote tweeted and he said, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Simple enough. So we do love someone who stirs the pot that way, but with Tom Brady retiring, God, hurts. Um, with Brady retiring and with them moving on from Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers kind of seems like the only free agent option right now, right? You can, can you could say to yourself, oh, oh, what about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Jimmy Garoppolo with with um Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, right? And and we recently learned that it was for sure that Garoppolo is not going to be back in San Francisco. But how much does Garoppolo really move the needle for you? Is is Vegas going to be cool with that? Right. They they were a team that was kind of a fringe playoff team over the last couple of years, anyway. Certainly disappointed this year, but is Jimmy giving you that much more than Derek Carr would have? I I feel as though the guys at the top making the decisions would much rather invest in a young quarterback. Whether or not Josh McDaniels is going to be there for the entire rookie contract of them or not, I'm going to take CJ Stroud here. Until I am convinced that there is going to be a veteran under center because a veteran under center does make sense, right? Josh McDaniels, he's got to win football games next year. To that point, I do think that getting a veteran in there has merit. But I feel like the people above McDaniels, the owner, the general manager, they want a guy they can invest in, especially from this class, a guy that they might really like in CJ Stroud, um, a pocket passer. We know that Josh McDaniels has had a lot of success with those guys before. So, I'll go CJ Stroud for this mock draft going to the going to the Raiders at seven. I like it. I, I don't. You're right. If if it's not Rodgers, right? Who is it? Who is who it? A, who it, makes it, a difference? This was a popular Brady destination. It's still a popular Jimmy destination. But like you said, Trevor, how much does that move the needle? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was a prop a popular Brady destination. It's still a popular Brady destination. Yeah, always will be. Um I actually wasn't on that one as much just because I think Brady's so particular and how close are the Raiders right now is a question he'd have to ask himself. And Rodgers will have to ask him that, uh, that relationship. And there it is. If you've heard it, a big salute up to Hoboken's finest right there. Mm. Sirens for the show. I'm cool. I mean, Stroud, I actually like the strategy a little better. I mean, if they get Rodgers, good for them, really good for them. It's just, it feels like we're not there yet. So take a talented quarterback that you could develop that, I actually think would do quite well with Josh McDaniels, to be honest with you, just Stroud's nature of being able to get the ball out on time from the pocket and throw with some anticipation and make some plays. So that brings us to the Falcons at eight. And this got kind of crazy fast, right? The top three quarterbacks are gone. In my opinion, four of the blue chip defenders. And I don't know if I include Tyree Wilson in terms of talent with Carter Anderson and Witherspoon, but he's loaded with traits where he's going to go and would have been an option for the Falcons Everybody kind of looks at edge pass rush for this team. And I think that's absolutely justified when you look at what they need up front. But I'm going to be honest with you, Trevor. And we say it all the time. When Jared verse went back to school, this pick got a little bit more grim for the Falcons. Oh yeah, sure. Miles Murphy has traits, but not production. I I don't really love him here at eight. Same could be said for a guy like Lucas Van Ness, a popular selection here. Traits over production. People might think this is crazy, but I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez with this pick right here. All right, and get let's do it. Corner. Let's I, do I mean, it. I know some people are like, we need other things more than corner. I get it. But at the end of the day, 
You don't want to get caught reaching for need in the top 10. I There's not a pass rusher that I could sell you on here. There's not. Honestly, right. I think anything would be a reach. And I don't feel that way about Gonzalez. And A.J. Terrell's a great player. But to have a great young corner tandem, th- I'll feel much more comfortable with this pick if the Falcons can go out and get pass rush help in free agency or the trade market. And I think this kind of signals that they need to do that, Trevor. So once again, judge this pick. I, I ask everybody, judge this pick in two months rather than instantly right now and try to look at a different strategy than just reaching on whatever edge is available. I ask people to judge us not of our losses, of which we have so few. <laughs> I don't remember what the what the last what the other part of the line. I was gonna keep going. Judge what is it? Judge yourself our wins for what? I don't remember. I don't even remember what it no, is. You're I'm asking fraud. the wrong cat. I'm this fraud. feels like when we uh said DEFCON five or whatever. And then we just stopped midway because neither of us had any idea which no, one's Def- the more. DEFCON 5 is the bad one. It Defcon, is. Yeah, DEFCON 1 is. 1 like, is like a, a, like a... Yeah, we're big chilling. You could put out the fire with a little Pe- mini kitchen extinguisher. Pina coladas on the beach. We're big yeah, chilling. Yeah, there we go. Um, no, I look, I've done a couple of mock drafts where I've actually given Brian Branch to the Atlanta Falcons at, sure. at, at number 8 just because Branch is such a good football player. You know, in a draft that... There's not a lot of sure things. Maybe the Falcons would really just want a sure thing. A hybrid safety nickel corner who is one of the most reliable players on Alabama's defense over the last two seasons. And so, look, I think Atlanta's got a ton of secondary needs. I've even had Brian Branch as a selection here. So I I certainly don't hate the Christian Gonzalez switch up at all, especially versus the other pass rushers that there are to choose from with verse not on the board. It's an easy pick here for Carolina. I don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Anthony Richardson still okay. here. It feels like a very, very common pick. Where else are they going to go? No, what I just what like are they going to do. I really appreciate that you were just like, this is easy. I, are you kidding me? This is I, really easy. I think this is easy because I don't think, and I, Anthony Richardson is good. I don't want that to to get to get lost in the shuffle here. I think that he is an, a very talented quarterback. But I also don't think the Carolina has a choice. If if, if Carolina can't move up higher than nine, they got to take whatever quarterback falls to them at nine. But I think that there's going to be one that does. Um, and here it's Richardson, who I think gets a really great start with Frank Reich as his quarterback coach. And dude, I would love the Frank Reich uh, Anthony Richardson connection. I think that's that a that fun one for him. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's also not out of the question that Carolina brings back Sam Darnold. Yeah, signs, no, they, signs some other veteran, very short-term stuff, you know, one to two-year deals, like a Mariota deal, right? Well, like what Mariota maybe got for the Falcons where you go, hey, we're going to sign you. You're obviously going to start this year. It's going to be a great year. for. Maybe it's a prove-it deal. Like maybe it's a, hey, we want to give you next year. We're not, we don't think Anthony's ready to play right away. This can be another year where maybe you put your best foot forward and you really cash in on free agency next year or something like that. So I do think that the, another veteran is going to be in the mix, but – that doesn't deter you from taking a guy as talented as Anthony Richardson, who could be a future franchise quarterback for you at number nine. Absolutely. So the quarterbacks are gone in the top 10 right Mm -hmm. there. You have Anthony Richardson come off the board at nine. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility, to be honest with you. I really, really don't. And that puts the Eagles at 10, an interesting spot, right? Because the top two corners are gone. I would have liked corner for them. They fascinate me because they have one of the best offensive lines in football. Mm-hmm. And you're always wondering, maybe the best line, you know, when do they start to replenish that system? And I know they took Landon Dickerson on, uh, not Landon Dickerson. Um, Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens last year. And, you know, Kelsey was a part of scouting him. 
and and they expect Cam to eventually take over there. But then you wonder about Lane Johnson, who's just he's an incredible talent and tough guy that is always playing through something. I'm just having the conversation, Trevor. I'm not going to do it on this show, but when did they think about taking another tackle and going the same route where it's like this guy's in the pipeline because we want to continue having the best offensive line in football. So something to think about there. And then you look at them trying to get younger on the defensive line as well. We we talked a lot about Mel taking Kalijah Kansi for them. I thought that was really interesting. You look at what's available. Miles Murphy has traits. Lucas Van Ness has traits. I will take Van Ness here. I, I think that he's somebody that the Eagles can afford to take that home run swing on and mm-hmm. look at him and go, we know we haven't seen him with the bulk of the snaps yet. We're gonna ro- we're gonna slowly acclimate him in, but we think by year two or three, we're gonna hit a home run with this pick because of his size and athletic profile. So Van Ness, another pass rush added here for Philadelphia with the caveat that I do want to start having an offensive line conversation for them eventually. Yeah, I really haven't thought of that a ton just because, you know, they've got Dickerson, they've got Jurgens. They, They're uh, so good right now. Right. Today. Lane Johnson's obviously still there. Jordan Mylot is incredible, but right guard could be an issue for them. Yeah, like, I mean, Skaronsky like, crossed my mind here. Sumalo is gone. He's a, he's a free agent. So... Skaronsky, maybe even Paris Johnson Jr., right? Both of these guys who both, have both can, can play guard. We interior, think. like, yeah, like maybe you stick them at right guard next year. And then if Lane Johnson maybe hangs it up the year after, you kick him out the tackle. No, man. Now I'm, oh, mm. he's getting excited, folks. I like, I like, I like where your head's at, my friend. I might have to do that in the next mock draft. But you went Van Ness there. Tennessee Titans at 11. I'm going to go O line. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go Paris Johnson Jr. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Paris Johnson Jr. off the board, so I so I'm not forced into being a liar two picks later for the New York Jets because he won't be available to the pick. See how that goes. I'm saving me from me, but I do. I, I think that the Titans need the they, they they need an offensive tackle no matter what. I think Lucas Van Ness would also be somebody that they that they love. I think they've got to get better and and stronger on the defensive line, just both trenches. I think this is a team with. Um, needs in a lot of places certainly wide receivers on the board for them too you can't just have Traylon burks out there you got to continue to invest in the uh in the receiver room but it doesn't matter until you really fix the offensive line the offensive line's got to be a lot better we mentioned the inside out versatility of paris johnson how well he got graded out as a right guard uh two years ago and how well he graded out as a left tackle this year so ton of versatility to his game just one of the best offensive tackles in this class no doubt about it and we got him as ot1 off the board here to the titans at 11. I think there's a very good chance that he's the first offensive lineman taken. I think Skaronsky's lack of length is going to be scrutinized throughout the process during the uh, combine. Yeah, probably, probably. I would, I would prep people for that. And once again, when we say things like that on the show, it does not mean that he's moving down our board. But th- these shows, the mock draft shows, are us trying to translate to our audience where the NFL is thinking. The ranking shows are us translating to the audience what we are thinking. Right. And right. it's a very interesting fine line to balance. So the Texans at 12, mm-hmm. they traded up to number one and they got Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Good move, in my opinion. Good move. They have one of the best tackles in football in Laramie Tunzel. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have some promise on this line. I thought Titus Howard did some good things. He was better this year. year. They, Way better. 
they even they even put him at guard for a couple of games when Kenyon Green got hurt and like he was good at guard. He was way better this year. I think it's too early for John Michael Schmitz, obviously, which is why I so oh, desperately nice. wanted to hold on to 33. Thanks, Trevor. Look, Thanks. Look. So look, I couldn't let my Bears fans down. I couldn't let my diehard Bears fans down. There is a part of me here, and I know I've told this story on the pod a lot, that Skaronsky was a big center recruit coming out. Mm-hmm. Do you just follow the path of taking the best offensive lineman available and you go, maybe Skaronsky will play center for us. Maybe he'll play guard. I, I like this idea, man. One time I, I had Skaronsky mock to them. Can you talk me into it? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I had Skaronsky mock to them at number 12 one time because of, of what you said. Like, Howard played better as an overall offensive lineman this year. And if you take Howard and you kick him into, like, let's say he plays right guard, you put Peter Skaronsky or maybe Paris Johnson Jr. or whoever it is at right tackle, then all of a sudden, like, I'm doing it. Either you're signing a good center. Maybe you don't have to give up 33. Maybe you're drafting a John Michael Schmitz. And then the offensive line, boom, Tunsil, Green, John Michael Schmitz, Howard, Peter Skaronsky. Like, that's what you want. That's then a damn good offensive line. So I'm doing it. You you easily talk me into that. Protect Bryce Young. Build the run game for Damian Pierce. Let's not have Damian Pierce breaking seven tackles before the line of scrimmage. Get a guy that's a good player that's versatile. Right. I would. I love this for the Texans. You walk out of the first round with Bryce Young and Peter Skaronsky. You still got a ton of capital the next two years. Yeah. That that one was actually much easier to convince myself of than I expected. All right. This is the moment of truth here. New York Jets on the clock at thirteen. I think I, I, think I know what you're doing, but I'm excited to hear your explanation. I don't. Maybe not. I mean, like, there's there's a couple of different good options. I'm, I'm I'm weighing these different options. Let me let me make sure I refresh myself with the Jets depth chart. Make sure make sure make sure I got the right picture here. How they long need, is how long yep. is Corey Davis on the team? Uh, for four more weeks. Okay, all right. So Corey Davis, Elijah Moore doesn't like being there. No, that's not true. They got a new offensive coordinator. He's probably yeah. Chilling. He'll get along. Hackett gets along with everybody. There's okay. some kind of selling point of that hire. Okay. All right. All right. McGovern is McGovern out of there. He's a free agent, and I, my gut feeling is that he walks. Okay. All right. That brain think, is spinning, folks. I think I got to go, Broder Jones. That's what was my guess. I think I I said, I think I I I know what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Broderick Jones, I love Broderick Jones played left tackle this past year at Georgia was, he's only a one year starter, but he's young. He's strong. I mean, he looks the part, man. He's an athletic offensive tackle and he's still figuring it out. Right. I think there's some inconsistencies to his game, but he to me can be somebody that maybe you could groom as a right tackle. If Makai Beckett comes back and if not, maybe you switch him over to his more natural left tackle I do still think he gives you that versatility there, especially for how young he is and how young he's going to be coming into this draft class. So I'll go Broderick. I like the offensive it. line is just the biggest need that they've got to address, especially a tackle. So um, we're going Broderick Jones at 13. Three offensive tackles off the board. Boom, boom, boom. And we're done. Gone. Gone. All right. So New England at 14. Yes. They watched the three offensive linemen go right in front of them, an area that I think they'd be considering. Miles Murphy is still there. Brian Brzee. Brian Branch has been a popular selection for them. They mm-hmm. need playmaker help. I'm not going to take Quentin Johnson here. 
And that's why I'm going to pivot and I'm going to take B. John Robinson in the spot. I think that Ramondre Stevenson's a really good player. I don't think he ages well in the NFL. He's a guy that with his style of play can get beat up. And let me say this. You can play Ramondre Stevenson and B. John Robinson on the field together. That's how talented B. John Robinson is. If you're a New England fan, think of this kind of how San Francisco has been able to use another running back with Christian McCaffrey. And New England needs talent that scares you offensively. Mm, yeah. There's really, honestly, honestly, there's one skill guy in this class that right away scares you. I like Michael Mayer. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like Jameer Gibbs. I think those guys are going to be really good NFL players. They don't scare me from week one. Bijan Robinson is a threat the second mm. he steps on the field. So New England here takes a running back top 15. Sue me. Come after me. I don't care. I think he's one of the best players in this draft. And I think that's exactly what New England needs on offense. Well, we know the New England's draft board is going to be like 13 total players. And, and Bijan's going to be one of them. So I yeah. think that uh, this is not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. Um, I don't know what their what's their back history. Uh, Patriots draft history. With Let's Belichick? See. No, just like, yeah, with halfbacks. Um, Pierre Strong in the fourth round. Kevin Harris in the sixth round. Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth round. Uh, Damian Harris in the third round. Sony Michelle, first round, 31st overall. There you go. Um, yeah, and then James White, fourth round. So they typically draft running backs later, but I feel like that's the case with most teams. Oh, Shane Vereen, second round. 2011 yeah they they it's definitely they value the position a lot they invest even if it's not premium they invest a lot into the position a long time ago but lawrence maroney 21st overall maroney maroney had great running back aesthetic big long hair ran hard it's maroney the highest is he the highest drafted running back in patriots oh robert Robert falk robert edwards 1998 Curtis Martin, I meant to say. When oh, did they take is, Curtis Martin? Curtis Martin, I got to be getting that third round, brother. Whoa, that's bad. That's bad knowledge by me. Third round, bad form. Bad wow. form. This draft class did, was Ty Law in the first, Curtis Martin in the third. They did get a lot back for him when the Jets Parcells signed him to an offer sheet. Um, they definitely got a lot of capital back. Okay, the, they received the Jets' first and third round picks in the '98 draft. Damn. Yeah, for Curtis Martin. So I had the draft pick wrong, but the compensation was huge when they got rid of him. Bijan Robinson, 14th overall. Green Bay Packers at 15. Uh, you know, Brian Kutenkunst, I think, is one of those general managers that really has these threshold tendencies, especially oh, when it comes to yes. size. He likes to hit, whether it's his defensive backs, whether it's his um, defensive linemen, whether it's his wide receivers. They just don't draft small wide receivers. They don't draft non-athletic defensive linemen. Uh, Miles Murphy is a pretty damn athletic defensive lineman. And even though I don't think he's a finished product yet, I think that he would be right up their alley of the things that they look for in players. He feels like somebody that they would draft. They had Darius Smith, the Preston Smith back when they drafted um, Rashawn Gary. And I know that edge rusher is not a huge need for them right now, but, um, or I should just say it's not their biggest need right now, but if a player like miles Murphy, somebody who might check a lot of boxes for them with side and size and athleticism makes it to 15, I think they'd pull the trigger on it. So I'm going to go Miles Murphy at 15 for Green Bay. All right. So Miles Murphy comes off the board finally. Some people mm-hmm. might be surprised he waited that long. I think there's a good chance that he has a little bit of a dip than what we were 
accustomed to two months ago. So that leads me on the clock with Washington, the commanders at 16, a team that very well could attack the veteran quarterback market. There's nothing left here anyway. So we're not even going to discuss quarterback in this spot, man. They're fascinating to me right here because I, I just don't think every time I look at this roster, I'm like, this really is not a bad roster to be honest with you. I'm not saying it's great, but they got talent at wide receiver. They got some talent at running back. They could use players on the offensive line, but I mean, Trevor, the big three went. And I think there's a world where we're going to talk about guys like Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones and John Michael Schmitz, of course, but this is still really, really early. They got a good defensive line. They've invested in linebacker lately. I'm kind of looking at corner with this team right Mm -hmm. here and saying, you know what? I want to get one of the better players left on the board. I'm going to go with Joey Porter Jr. in this spot. Get a guy with length. Get a guy that's very, very physical. He has that NFL pedigree. Porter comes off the board at 16 to help that defense. This is the spot where I would have thought about Darnell Wright. I thought about it. I like Darnell Wright. I thought about it. I do like Darnell Wright. And so this was the place in the top 20 where I thought about maybe getting him off the board. Um, Steelers also need an offensive tackle. Mike Tomlin was front and center watching a lot of O-line play this past week at the Senior Bowl. He was watching, in the first day, he was watching a lot of Dewan Jones from Ohio State. I think that 17 is a little early for Dewan Jones, but I might go Darnell right here. I saw your, your big quote that went viral. Which one was that? It was tweeted out by PFF. Um it it had your name on it. It was a very yeah. nice thing you said about Darnell Wright. I will find it while you're explaining. Oh, the, the one where I said like he he could definitely be a back end of the first round guy. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that I think that that's very true. You might have said that on this show, but you also might have said that on it's just football. You never really know. I talk a lot, brother. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even like what you're paid to do. Voice at this point. Um. Oh, all right. We're going one of two senior bowl guys here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Osiris Torrance or Darnell Wright? Who are we going with here? I think Torrance is the better player. But I think Wright's the more valuable player. Talk about hedging. Am I wrong, though? You're going to leave me that I'm wrong? I think Wright's a true right tackle. I think Torrance is strictly a guard. Is it, and a bit a, of a phone booth guard. Did a, did a core four play... Um... Left tackle in college. Did who? Oh, Chuck Okora for him. They're they're yeah, right tackle because yeah, yeah, he's because yeah. he's he's right tackle right now. Good question. You're I trying cannot... to kick him. You're trying to kick his ass over already. No, not, I don't want to say like kick his ass over, but you know they paid James Daniels. They got Kevin Dotson. Let's see. Hold on. They do. They do need a tackle. What do you? What year I was think he drafted? Twenty eighteen. Wait till day two though in so this let's scenario. Go. Let's see. Let's see some twenty eighteen stats. Left tackle. Yeah, he he was he was playing all left tackle. Snaps by position. What do we got here? No, I don't want to lie. Give me the detailed stats. Left tackle the whole time. Give him, give him he can deets. do it, brother. Where he can do it. I'm taking Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright comes off the board. This is probably the earliest I've seen him come off the board. Uh, that is why this is the post-senior bowl mock draft. Darnell Wright gets the big bump at 17. Comes off the board to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're looking in the trenches, whether that's for a big defensive end or a big tackle. We will see the Lions at 18. They got Witherspoon in the top 10. They you got to feel good about getting one of the best players in the entire draft. They did indeed. Now the world is kind of theirs. 
am I an animal if I take Brian Branch here and just say, you know what? <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh, I think that football players. I think they can get another D tackle on day two of this draft. The way our board fell here, I don't think Ben Johnson values tight end enough to take Michael Mayer here. I think he just wants all those all those great wide receivers on the field together. This board fell apart really quickly. This is a spot where Osiris Torrance can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will have a guard spot that's potentially open. But I'm going to take Brian Branch, who's probably a top 15 player in this class, and they just walk out of day one and go, yeah, y'all laughed at our secondary the entire year. We'll right. try this. Never try again. this now. Never try again. this. Yeah, never, never again. again. Like the Alamo, right? Like the Alamo. Never again. Sure. Sure. You ever never go to the Alamo down yeah. in San Antonio? Yeah, yeah. It's like really- a doorknob left. I was really like a I I was I was really young when I went. Okay. I must have been like 13, 14 maybe when I went to the Alamo. So I don't remember it a ton. It's just a door pretty much. They okay, shot well, up the I rest mean, of it. Okay, well, that's why we never forget, dude. That's why we never forget. So like Door, the line, doorways the Alamo, are, the line doorways are a great symbol. You know, they're a great symbol for life, you know? Yeah. Walk sometimes through it. sometimes they close, sometimes they open. You know, you got to walk through to get to the other side. No walking through the Lions secondary anymore. Brian Branch and Witherspoon. Indeed. Sign me up. Oh, wow. You just, that was beautiful. Aaron, Gl- uh, Aaron Glennon's like, I'm I'm not leaving. Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Bucca- Buccaneers at 19. We got a lot of good defensive linemen on the board here. I'm not taking a quarterback. Shut up. Everybody shut up. Oh, you don't want Tanner McKee at 19 to compete with Kyle Trask? Yeah, compete. <laughs> uh, Nolan Smith's on the board. I think that he could be an option for them. Joe Tryon, Shoemika, still needs yeah, to take another pass step, rusher but... that has no plan. Okay, shut I'm up. Just um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Shut He's up. Sp- <laughs> Trevor's turning off all noises around him at this point. Ooh, what about this? Follow me here. Okay. Vita Vey at the nose. Uh, I know what you're doing, you maniac. Go ahead. Clyde, Clyde Jacanti. Hell yeah. Do it. Send it. Three. Send it. I'm doing it. Clyde Jacanti at 19. Dream. Yeah, do it. The dream. That's awesome. The dream. That's awesome. You want pass rush? We'll try this. <laughs> right, right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to Seattle, who took Tyree Wilson fifth overall mm-hmm. when Trevor was in that slot. You're welcome. Yeah, I like that Trevor has been like low man on Tyree, and then he gets put in the spot where he like basically has to take him on the mock draft. Dude, it's really it, good stuff. It's the worst. It's the worst. It, that's, it, that's that is the worst. That His job stinks. is a prison. Yeah, it, it can be. It absolutely can be. All right. So the Seahawks are on a twenty. Amazing draft last year. I think Gino's back. Still story to be written. I think Gino's back. Mm-hmm. This gets a little tricky for me, honestly, with Seattle. Was that, I, a, little, was that a little Natasha Bedingfield right there? The rest is still unridden? Is that what you're going for there? With I didn't know. I don't know what that is, but sure. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen to this guy. I really don't. I have to Google Natasha, Natasha Bedingfield. Bedingfield. British on. singer-songwriter. You know this. You know He's this 41. song. You know this song. I see she did Pocket Full of Sunshine. I don't know. <laughs> it has to be played, and then the YouTube video would get deleted from the internet for copyright. So sorry, everybody. I promise I'll go listen to Unwritten from 2004. Come on, brother. I wasn't going <laughs> to help you out with it. I wasn't going to help you out with it. Boy, sometimes this uh, pea brain needs a little help. The along second the way. you start to hear this song, you're, you're going to be I'm like, sure. oh, yeah, this is a banger. This is, this oh, is... I'm going to get shredded in the we comments for not no, knowing. Oh, yeah, that. you are. We can't, we, can't, uh, we can't play it on the pod. You know, copyright, but. Yeah, no, they will get our ass. 
They will. They will get our ass. So shout out to the FBI agents listening to the pod. Yeah. All you sickos. The duelist draft fans and FBI agents. Sex Man, sex. this thing got ugly quick looking at this board. I mean, it really did. Seattle's up at 20, and I'm like, what? What happened? They took Tyree. I'm not going back to the well on D-line. They have edges in the pipeline. I think Boye Mafe is going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of I kind of stole Clancy from you, but I don't know. Yeah, I, that was I nice. Don't be, that I was don't slick. He, I don't know if he'd be high on their board. Not taking Cam Smith here. They got Jamal Adams under contract for a ton of money. What about wide receiver? You know, it's it's something I think about because the wide receiver three spot for them was so problematic Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. So then you're always worried about one locket or DK injury away from being in trouble. Right. And I, I, it's not going to be Quentin Johnston for me. They have the size of wide receiver with DK. Zay Flowers is a really good player, but I'd rather go Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's my favorite wide receiver in the draft. I think he pencils into their slot right away. Let Gino cook, get Gino back, let Gino get working off play action a little more. And then there's going to be a day when that Tyler Lockett 80-year contract extension runs out, and you're looking at a team that has DK and Jackson Smith and Jigba as the one and two. So good call, Trevor. Let's, Let's pivot to just getting a good player in there, and that's that's to me what JSN is what i'm here for um well done. the uh, los angeles chargers I almost, I almost call them the san diego chargers at number 21 because the dolphins forfeited their selection correct if they don't have gerald everett it's probably michael mayer but queen johnson's still here so is Zay flowers Man, I would love for Zay to to learn from Keenan Allen. That'd be fun. That'd be sick. I'm going to go Zay here. I'm going to go Zay here because I'm going to make your job real easy at 22. Oh, boy. Can't wait to screw this up and get laughed at. Real easy at 22. Obviously, the Chargers, just to elaborate a little bit more, they need speed. And even though he's not like a pure, deep, vertical threat, Zay Flowers is, he does give you that separation ability. And and, and that is all over the field. I would love for him to sit behind, uh, not even sit behind, play with a route running master like Keenan Allen. And uh, if for however long Keenan Allen is still there, he gets to kind of learn from him in the early process. And then when Keenan Allen ends up leaving, you know, he's taking a lot of that expertise and a lot of that athletic ability straight to that slot position. So uh, I, I just, I would, I would love him in this offense. And I do think he still gives you that dynamic element that you're missing, even if it's not a traditional vertical threat, like a Jalen Hyatt, I think it's early for Jalen Hyatt, but um, yeah, I like to say flowers here. So I think you were trying to hold my hand into now the Ravens get to take Quentin Johnson. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's also a really nice landing spot for the TCU product because when you watch Johnston, he's not a quick separator, a quick twitch separator with route polish all the time. And I think you go to an offense where, say, they figured this out with Lamar Jackson. Then you get a guy that can extend plays and a guy like Johnson that can work back to the ball. He could be a big-time red zone threat. Mm-hmm. You had size of this wide receiver group. You have Rashad Bateman that can hopefully be your quick twitch separator or at least a guy that has route polish, I think. And you're not just trotting out the Sammy Watkins of the world. So I like it. I I like I'm a way bigger fan of Johnson outside the top 20 because I don't know if he ever develops into this high end number one. I don't see him that way. Mm -hmm. But I think in the right offense with his combination of playing above the rim 
and having that size profile, this is the landing spot that makes sense in terms of value and the type of player he is for that offense. You know, Minnesota's up now, and I could go corner here. Like, I'm okay with going Deontay Banks here, and I might. But they did just draft Andrew Booth. They invested another high pick in Lewis Cena's safety. That secondary was cheeks, though. It, it was. It was. It was. But what about Jordan Addison? You know? You get Addison Justin Jefferson in the same receiver room. Didn't feel like Adam Thielen was really like the guy this year. They didn't want to throw him the football as much. Is that a sign of the times? K.J. Osborne had his moments. Yeah, but would it be moments. like Jordan Addison kind of moments? I don't know. That's what I wonder how they view it. Do they want to give other targets to anybody other than Justin Jefferson? Doesn't always feel that way. Is KJ out? No, he's not a free agent, right? He's been there three years. That would be fascinating. He feels like a guy that'll that'll figure it out. Okay, he's he's under contract next year for one year. Who is KJ Osborne? I'm gonna, I don't think I don't think it's I'm nuts. Gonna dra- I just I'm think draft Jordan Addison, and then the Vikings can let me make sure their defense is just so bad. It, it was bad. Okay, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. They traded. Oh, they traded their second round of the Lions for Hawkinson. Hmm. Tough to go into battle and say we're just going to outscore everyone when you're the Vikings. All right, I'll go corner. I'll go. I'm Deontay sorry. Banks. I know it stinks. Banks. I know it stinks. Whatever. No, Deontay is a fantastic corner. I think he's one of the best cover corners in this class, and he's getting slept on a little bit. Uh, no, he doesn't have the ball production that some of these other corners do, but you give me a guy that'll go hip-to-hip with somebody, I think if you get him on one side and a better Andrew Booth, a more healthy Andrew Booth on the other, that's a really nice cornerback duo, especially if Lewisine develops a safety as well. So that's a uh, a bit of a, in theory, revamp secondary, 23 for the Vikings, which puts you on the clock at 24 for the Jags. Layup pick alert. Michael Mayer, the top tight end in this draft, goes to Jacksonville. Once again, this is not a pick pending on if they re-sign Evan Ingram or not, who had a fantastic year there. I think they can complement each other if they did bring Ingram back. Mm-hmm. You get help in line. You get a bigger body out there for Trevor Lawrence that can play out in the big slot. He's played out wide. I just think Jacksonville load up on the weapons and be a high-flying attack. You have Calvin Ridley coming back next year. I just think Mayor in Jacksonville would be such a great landing spot. You'd be he his value in Dynasty would go up so much if this is where he ultimately lands. That would be a fun pick. Definitely be a fun pick if Evan Ingram isn't there. There is a layup here at 25 for the New York Giants. Jordan Addison's still on the there board. You go. See, um, I saved you from yourself. You did, you did, you did. So Jordan Addison, I think, is a perfect pick for what the Giants need. They need a potential wide receiver one. I think if Jordan Addison doesn't develop into a wide receiver one, he'd be a wide receiver two, right? And I think that they need all of that. Um, no matter what it is, they just need upgrades at the receiver room. So I think they'd like a bigger wide receiver, but it's okay. Jordan Addison, she's been so productive and he's so good at the position um, that I like what he's bringing. And I know, I know people are going to say, oh, he's a small receiver. They got plenty of smaller receivers. And Jordan Addison's a little bit different. I think he can lean on him a little bit more. I think he could be more of a focal point of the passing game, especially with how well he separates and understands the position. So I got him at 25. So this is interesting for the Cowboys because we know how badly they need another target for Dak Prescott in this offense, but they're, they're going to have to wait in this scenario. We mm-hmm. had Addison, Michael Mayer, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba are all gone, and B. John Robinson. I, I can't reach on a skill talent in this spot. I, I'm just not comfortable 
God, going all the way down the board and taking a Josh Downs or a player of a Tank Dell. I'm just not doing it for them. So I'm going to look to get improvement on the D-line and take a player that on talent and traits is a top 10 guy. On what he put out on tape this year is really a fringe first kind of guy. And you got to dive into everything that went wrong. And we've discussed all of those things. And it's going to be Brian Brzee to Dallas. Okay. Okay. I I think Dallas can unlock the best version of Brzee. You get him up there with a menace in Micah Parsons and some good coaching on that defensive line with Dan Quinn. I think this is a home for Brzee that really starts to add up to, to tap into where he doesn't have to be a hero and you can get the best version of him. So we're back into the first round. I think is probably yep. where he ends up going. It's kind of where it that's starts, right? That's where that's my guess. The tape wasn't first round worthy, but I think when you put everything into context, you can certainly see a team convincing themselves that the best football is certainly ahead of him. So uh, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily hate that pick. Dallas kind of looking to reinvest in the defensive line, anyways. Maybe you're 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 getting an absolute home run at twenty six with Brzee. Buffalo Bills on the clock at twenty seven. I think they need offensive line help. Osiris Torrance is still here is an easy one for me. I think he's the best offensive guard in this oh, class. Yeah. And he's an immediate plug and play kind of a guy. A lot of times you'll hear slot receiver for the bills, but I think that's something that you could address a little bit later in this draft. There's there's a lot of slot receivers to choose from here. So why not fix the trenches first? I think it's a big area of need for him. So we'll go Osiris Torrance, another senior bowl guy who I thought had a little bit of an up and down week, you know, but I do think it's something that was a major takeaway is, I felt like he was carrying a lot of bad weight during the season. I just didn't feel like he had his weight right. And maybe, and maybe that was Florida's thing. Like maybe Florida was like, Hey, we want you at this weight. And when he was at the senior bowl, I just felt like he looked better. He looked more athletic. He looked more well-rounded in the weight distribution up top in the middle, um, in the lower half, like everything, man. I, I just felt like he was built a lot better at the senior bowl than when I had seen him previously. So one of the strongest guys in this class, an absolute people mover in the run game, um, and a lot of potential there with, with Osiris. So I got him going 27. No argument from me in that spot. And, you know, day two when we were down on the field, you really got to pick your spot if you want to watch wide receiver corner one-on-ones or you want to go watch the trench battles. And I think, Trevor, you might have been down at the – I saw a couple of good videos you posted on your Twitter of wide receiver corner battles. I was in the end zone uh, watching the O-line, D-line, and who's standing next to me but Brandon Bean. And and these things, they watch everything. It doesn't mean anything. But it was funny watching him just staring at, you know, the Darnell rights of the world and guys mm-hmm. like that and their one-on-ones. And you go, yeah, they probably need some offensive line help. And it's no surprise Bean's out here getting a full watch of them. So, And obviously Torrance was out at the Senior Bowl as well. So the Bills helping their offensive line is going to be a talking point that you hear. This entire offseason, which brings me to the Bengals, which can be a little tricky, right? I think they're a team that can go to the corner well. I think they're a team that can always go back into offensive line. I think a lot of different options are on the table. Here's the the crazy one here, Trevor. Aren't both of their safeties who are very talented free agents? And I know they took Dax Hill last year. So they've uh, kind of been bracing. I know for Jesse Jesse Bates is, and I don't think Jesse Von, Bates. Von Bell back. is too. Oh, yeah. Von Bell is too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and Eli Apple. So I even after taking Dax Hill and they had Cam Taylor Britt and they have Mike Hill in, you know, is this a situation where they look back to the secondary again? How do they view the future of Lyle Collins? 
I think in future drafts, we will get to offensive line to them once again, as we often do. But in this one right now, I'm going to look at a player like Antonio Johnson and say, hey, get somebody that's played the slot, that's played safety. You're probably losing at least one of Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Get a guy that can really bring uh, some high-end traits to that secondary. So Antonio Johnson sneaks into the first round here to the Bengals. Okay, all right. All and right. I, I'll pro- maybe they won't like that pick, Bengals fans. I know they are one of the more passionate fan bases of mock draft picks. And I, mean I would love to all, hear it. All respect, and I'd love to hear it. But the way this fell, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a conversation about Anton Harrison in the future for them. A lot of these different day two offensive linemen. Um, but still, I, I'll go secondary because pre-free agency, that's where it's easy to have your eyes on. Saints on the clock at 29. Welcome to the mock draft roundup here, Saints fans. This is the first time, and I think that we've done a mock draft here with New Orleans in it after their trade of Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. So now they're picking here at number 29. Nolan Smith still on the board, and I'm going to select Nolan Smith here. Now, I will fully admit that he is not their normal type of edge rusher, mm-hmm. right? I, I think when you look at the Saints and how they built their defensive line, Jordan, Cameron Jordan, Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, Carl Granderson, all of those guys over 265 pounds. Yeah, like Nolan Keon White. Smith, Nolan Smith's probably 240, 245. But he's just he's he's such a solid player. He defends the run like somebody who's 15 pounds heavier. And I think that that matters a ton and probably is a big selling point of why the Saints ultimately draft a lot of those bigger edge rushers is they want you to be able to set the edge on the line of scrimmage and then get into your pass rush. But I do think Nolan Smith brings a speed element to pass rushing that they would not have. So if they would like to go the opposite direction, get a little bit more juice in there, I think Marcus Davenport is a free agent. That's probably the direction that I would go is is a Nolan Smith if he makes it here. So we'll go Nolan Smith to the Saints 29 Saints fans. Let us know what you think about that one. All righty. So that brings me to the Chiefs who. uh, Yeah, I guess the way we're doing this because the simulator is full transparency. I'm picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl in this simulator. They have not won the Super Bowl. The Eagles have. So Mm -hmm. the Chiefs are on the clock at 30. I'm going to take Keon White. Good disclaimer there. Yeah, you got to get in front of it. Protect all sides. Senior Bowl guy, let's go. Keon White off the board here. I think he's a bona fide first rounder. I think finding a home for him in this mock got a little weird at times. as We got a little skill happy. Uh, Frank Clark, I know he's under contract 2023, but they're they're getting old on that edge side across from Karloftis in the future. They got Dunlap, who's an older guy. They got Frank Clark. I think Keon has the potential to be a really, really good player. It might take a year, and the Chiefs can afford to take a guy. With round one traits, he's got size. He's about 285. He's going to test really well. He's learning how to play with power. He's got really, really good edge pass rush ability, mixing up speed and power. So I think Keon White's too good to not go in the first round of our mock, and the Chiefs would be a great home for him. Personally, I don't think he gets here. I think he goes really. Yeah, I don't think he gets to 30. He, wow. When he, with his size and how he tests, those guys just don't fall to 30. They just don't. So, but in this scenario, good for the Chiefs. They get Keon White. That's too rich for me. But again, this is a, this is a, this is not a what we would do mock draft. This is a what we're here in mock draft. And certainly uh, there was a lot of praise for Keon White coming from the senior bowl. There were a lot of people that were really high on his potential and what he can be. And yeah, you turn on some Georgia Tech tape and sure, I think the hand placement's inconsistent, but like the athletic ability, especially the power, the explosiveness that he has in the lower half, that shows up and that shows up. Um, instantly 
for him. So uh, 31, Philadelphia Eagles, last pick of this mock draft. You have them taking Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher from Iowa at number 10. I'm going to get another guy who I think goes higher than this in the draft. I'm going to take Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. My guy. I, my I think, guy. I think that, whoa, 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 what? I, I just said, back on I it? Did, no, not at all. He's not Dude, my he's, guy. He's, he's, he's tight end three. He's tight end three for me. So why not take tight end two? Well, actually, it's a predictive mock. I think I'm hearing oh. a lot more. I'm hearing a lot more hype for Dalton Kincaid than I am hey, Darnell Washington. Listen, when you have the chance to take the the much older, smaller, less athletic, okay, worst conference okay. tight end, okay, you gotta do it. You okay. have to do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> do not do not use my own exercise as a weapon. Why do I have to fight me? you for Darnell Washington every month? Summer. I, it was a reskill. I was two for me. He's tied in two for me. I'm sick of this. It's a predictive sick of mock. It. It's a predictive mock. Sick of this. I don't think oh. Darnell Washington, all 6'7, 270 of him, needs me as his personal protector, but here I am. Once again, folks, let him let him fight his own battles. Dalton Kincaid, good wide receiver. As much as Connor, Connor hates good football players, he's a good oh, football here player. We go. Came from a background where he wasn't recruited a lot because he was a run blocker out of high school. He's able to show his athletic potential, especially when he got to Utah. Really nice receiver over the last couple of years, and I think the NFL is going to like him a lot. He's probably the second best pure pass catcher at the tight end position in this class. Maybe even the first above Michael Mayer. That's right, I said it. 131 to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So now they got Dallas Goddard and they got Dalton Kincaid. I mean, he'd be really good there. He'd be really good there. Don't say it. Don't it say would, it. Do not it say would, it. It would, be ba- it would be bad for your boy's stock as a draft analyst. Dalton Kincaid goes to the Eagles. Everything works out great for him. Everybody laughs me out of the room. But I'll be did, back. Did you hate him? Did you hate him? No. I didn't, th- I didn't think you I hated just, him. I don't understand the first round he's good he is good a lot of good tight ends don't go in the first round connor i don't know look i don't know if i don't know if you knew this am i about to get roasted the draft is about drafting the good players Mm, that's true you know this is true like when you think about it that way you know that you know what i didn't really look at it like that but when (laughs) when you when you do when you really sit back and do that that it actually adds up Okay, all right, so that was our post-senior bowl mock draft. I'll recap it a little bit here for you. We had the Houston Texas trading up to number one overall, took Bryce Young, Chicago Bears at two, they took Jalen Carter, Cardinals at three, Will Anderson, Colts at four, Will Levis, Tyree Wilson at five to the Seahawks, Devon Witherspoon to the Lions at six, uh, CJ Stroud went to the Las Vegas Raiders at seven, Christian Gonzalez at the Falcons at eight, Anthony Richardson, fourth quarterback off the board. We got four quarterbacks in the top nine, Panthers at nine, Lucas Van Ness to Philadelphia Eagles at 10, Paris Johnson Jr. to the Titans at 11, Pierce Skaronsky to Houston, Texas at 12, Broderick Jones to the Jets at 13, Bijan Robinson comes off the board. This might be the highest that we've gotten Bijan Robinson off the board, although we say as a caveat all the time, we think he's going higher. Here, I think this is a decent range for him. 14 to the Pats. Miles Murphy, 15 to the Packers. Joey Porter Jr., 16 to the Washington Commanders. Darnell Wright, Steelers at 17. Brian Branch to the Lions at 18. Tapon Witherspoon and Brian Branch. You love to see it. Kalijah I mean, Kansi. attitude central. You love it. Uh, Kalijah Kansi to the Bucks at 19. Jackson Smith and Jay with the Seahawks at 20. Zay Flowers to the, to the Chargers at 21. Quinn Johnston to the Ravens at 22. Deontay Banks uh, to the Vikings at 23. 
Michael Mayer, Jags 24, Jordan Addison, Giants 25, Brian Brzee, Cowboys 26, Osiris Torrance, Bills 27, Antonio Johnson getting back in the first round. Love to see it. Bengals at 28, Nolan Smith to the Saints 29, Keon White 30 to the Chiefs. And I had the Eagles selecting a good football player in Dalton Kincaid at number 31. How many senior bowl guys we get in here? Keon White, Osiris Torrance. Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright. And... Wasn't there one more? Wasn't there one more? No, no, no. no maybe that was it. Zay I don't Flowers. Think so. Zay Flowers Shrine Bowl guy. Shout out. Would he be the first ever Shrine player drafted in the first round? No, not the first ever. I don't know. I guess I don't. I, I'm not a Shrine historian, so I don't know. <laughs> we got to find a Shrine historian for the pod. Shrine game. I genuinely, I genuinely am curious. I'm not even being an ass. Like... Who are the highest drafted players to come out of the Shrine game? It's all you. I'm so curious about this. All right, so... Oh, maybe not. I didn't realize how far back this goes. Yeah, Shrine's old, dude. Shrine Shrine been doing this. Okay, so Dick Buckus was a Shrine guy. He was drafted third overall. There we go. I I mean, that was 1965, okay? I'm talking about like since since me and Trevor have been on planet Earth. Great year. Yeah, 65, one of my favorite years. Yeah, truly iconic year. Oh, man. I, I guess my framing of it should be, when was the last time a Shrine player was drafted in the first round? I don't know. Maybe the comments have the answers. Because honestly, I'm about to go eat some ZD and meatballs. So I'm <laughs> not, I am not, I am not, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful Sunday night. So he's out, I, brothers. I am, I am not researching the last Shrine player to be drafted in the first round. Uh, shout out to the historians that do. Yes. Uh, I would we love to bring it. more for you guys. Trevor said he's not the Shrine historian. That's true. So, but I hope you all enjoyed the mock draft. Hope honestly. you guys, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know how much you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it in the YouTube comment section. Like if you're watching subscribe. this bad boy on YouTube, <laughs> smash like and subscribe. Smash like down below. Uh, if you're listening to this audio only, uh, we would love to hear from you as well at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter and Instagram as well. There's easy ways to hit us up. As always, we would just love to hear from you guys what you think about prospects, where they were going, uh, how high they're going in the mock the perception of them. We'd also love to hear some senior bowl thoughts. Of course, we didn't yeah. give you that show at the end of the week, which um, which is my bad. Again, you can put that all on me, but let us know in the comment section any thoughts that you had from senior bowl guys as well. We'll read them off. We'll probably get to them at some other point in the show. We'll probably do a Q&A at some point too. Uh, maybe you guys can ask us a little our bit about our mail inbox must just be like, beyond overflowed yeah we'll we'll check on it we promise that we'll get to it we'll be better it, it's a little bit more organized now i think now that we're past the month of january we get into some pre-combine stuff and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun connor anything you got before we get out of here no uh I, i'm really fun because every week i'm really excited because every week's going you to be are fun. really fun i am know? i am actually am a really you're a fun really guy good, you know you're, i, you're I am genuinely guy. a good time um <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir but <laughs> right now uh, man, I don't know what position group we're going to do. That's something you and I will discuss. We have plenty of interesting ones left. We have some fixing shows to do. Mm-hmm. We'll have free agency to react to in terms of how it impacts the draft. So, I mean, I feel like we say this all the time, but truly, like when February kicks in, this is when the best time of the year is for our show because we have three months of nonstop scenarios played out, and then it all accumulates into basically what is our Christmas of draft weekend. I kind of, I kind of, I have a position that I would like for us to do. Okay. I'll be ready. What do you want to do? Let's do wide receiver. 
Yeah, it's probably time. Let's make it happen. We've we've really kicked that can down the road. Let's and I'll, I'll admit, Let's get the wide there was a reason why. I wanted to see the receivers down in Mobile before doing it because I purposely didn't watch a lot of them. Like, I think it's I think it's time. I don't want to. I I kind of wanted to wait until after the combine, but I don't think we can wait that long. I think well, we gotta, we'll, re, we'll do the full rankings after the combine. Sure, right, right, right. No, no, it's true. It's true. It's so true. like we'll do receivers twice because it's that group that you have to. Yeah, and, and somebody unfortunately will run a four seven, and that's going to move them because that's the way this thing goes every year. And you know, just being honest. Yeah. No, let's do wide receivers for Thursday. I think that'll be fun. We'll figure out what we're doing for Wednesday as well. Maybe we'll do some senior bowl recap stuff on Wednesday. But uh yeah, appreciate everybody watching the show, listening to the show. Uh we love you guys. This is always you got you make this a ton of fun. And we uh, do we, love you guys. We would we would love to hear from you as well. Make sure you guys comment wherever it is easiest for you guys to comment on the show. Appreciate it. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time. 